All right, hello and welcome everyone to another episode of my weird little podcast. Yay! Yay! Um, today's host we have Teresa. Hey, hey guys. And of course me, Tia. I'm always here. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited for today because you are surprising me with a story. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just a minute ago, I was commenting that your makeup looks really cute. And, Thank you. Oh, yeah, of course. And for those who are listening and not watching, which these should be up on YouTube at some point, but for those of you who are listening and not watching, <laughs> she's got very beautiful red lips and uh, some dark eyeshadow going on. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming the episode is dark because you said you dressed appropriately uh, yes. for the episode. Yes. Um, I dressed I dressed a little light to be honest for my character, but um, you know, that's the best I got right now. So <laughs> Oh, interesting. Um yeah. and those those of you who care, I'm dressed like I'm going to the mall in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm debating whether or not to go on a me date to Macy's today, because there's this Macy's by my house that I want to check out. Mm. Um and I don't know if I want to just go to Macy's and walk around Macy's and I don't know, do what. Um, but it's called mm-hmm. the Meadows Mall, which sounds like it's from like, I don't know. It sounds like it's from like one of those creepy teen books, you know, like some goosebumps mm-hmm. or like they went to the Meadows Mall and then, you know, I don't know, something scary happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I don't write for a teen novel novels you know uh, uh, YA not, probably not far off from a plot that they would write so yeah <laughs> um but yeah okay let's uh let's get into the story because I'm really excited about yeah. what, you, what you have for me today okay me too me too well yes I would like to start by saying that um <clears throat> right now when I was talking about um doing a little makeup for uh, and, you know, maybe some accessories for my character light. Um, I'm wearing uh, a rosary with black beads that I just bought in Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, not that long ago from the Loretto Chapel, which is just um, a little chapel in, in the heart of town. And it's where the miraculous staircase is, if anybody out there has ever heard of that. Um, it's a staircase that was built with no nails and no obvious real construction of any kind, but it just oh, stands yeah. on its own. Yeah. I know yeah. about that. And this guy just like showed up and built it yeah. and then just like disappeared. Yes. It's very mysterious story. Um, and obviously it's at, well, maybe not obviously, but um, I was raised Catholic. And so I visited it before. Um, it is a Catholic church now in chapel. Um, yeah. And you can go and visit it. I mean, even if you're not, you know, a believer, obviously. Um, and many people visit there each day. Um, it's actually a very, very cool place. So anyway, I got this rosary there and I'm excited. This is, you know, <laughs> first time I put it on, um, giving me very, you know, 80s, 90s vibes, which 90s vibes is exactly what I was going for because I am talking today about the haunting and various other things that happened on the set of the original 1996 movie, The Craft. Ooh! Uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, they they did a craft musical out here in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, like a parody okay. musical. 
Uh, oh, wow. I'm yeah. so intrigued. Um, <laughs> but no, I love the craft. I always identified with Feruza Balk's character. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that's not good in real life. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what's her face? The like, uh, Nancy, wait, is it Nancy? I don't know. The well, one Na Nancy is Feruza Balk. Yeah. So oh, she's, okay. the, she's the bad witch technically, but, um, the good witch. The, uh, Sarah is the yes. one who, who moved to the town, which is LA actually. And she's the one who actually has the most powers out of the whole group. She has, you know, telekinetic ability and all yeah. different kinds of uh, natural witchy abilities. So, so yeah. Um. <laughs> I, I like to think in real life, I'm a mixture between her character from the craft and her character from Empire Records. Yeah. Um, but I'm really more or less led, like share from Clueless, but, um, <laughs> but let's be real. We all want to be through a bulk in the craft except for yep. what happens at the end we don't want to that but exactly no spoilers exactly. for those of you who haven't seen it but honestly you've had since what 1994 to see it so uh yeah. it's on you <laughs> yeah no it's true well 96 to be precise but yes oh, okay. you, were, you were very very close though only a couple years off and yes i'm actually uh when i was talking about character light this is my nancy character light right now um, mixed with a little bit of me because, you know, Nancy, I'm sure in her casual times would wear a tank top, maybe with the rosary, but who knows, you know, <laughs> they always showed her in the school uniform. It's quite frankly, very hot inside my place right now. So I was not trying to wear, um, my white button down shirt and schoolgirl skirt, but mm. may maybe I will put the outfit together later if, it cools down here um, because, <laughs> because I, I, you know, it's been something I've been wanting to do. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Tia. I wanted to be uh, Nancy as well, even though she was the evil one in the end, as we all yeah. found out. Um, but, you know, she was the coolest one. <laughs> she was the leader of the pack. So um, I know I have some baby barrettes somewhere, too. From the 90s but i don't know where they are right now so oh <laughs> i just goodness. did like a more classic look with her slicked her hair back like she has in one of the photos a tight bun at the back um which you can't see but um and then yeah some of the black makeup eye makeup i just you know kind of tried to shape it and smear it by using a jumbo pencil so i'm glad you thought it looks like eyeshadow from far away um mm. good job for me um <laughs> and then the classic lipstick from that time period, which was very much, um, this is honestly a variation on what I looked like for most of junior and senior year. Mm -hmm. I just did the black eye makeup and this lipstick is um, Revlon Black Cherry, um, mm -hmm. which has been around forever. So um, for anybody out there who was 90s and kind of, you know, goth or what have you, maybe mm -hmm. you're familiar with the... Uh, the black cherry lipstick. So still a very good product. So that's what I'm wearing right now. Fun fact um, about me. I used to wear school uniforms in like second grade and my school <laughs> didn't have uniforms, but uh, I started my goth phase very early on. Um, mm. And I was trying to emulate, yeah, what I saw in like the craft and like um, Wednesday Adams, especially. Uh, yeah. So you'll find pictures of me in like at my school and I'm the only one in like a uniform. <laughs> 
hey, I mean, they literally cool. went to like the the French toast, you know, yeah. French oh, yeah, toast section, yeah, yeah. and got yeah. like actual uniforms to wear at school. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, no, I was actually had to wear them on purpose in high school because I did go to an all girls um, Catholic school, which is kind of similar to the story in the craft, although the school in the craft. Uh, was co-ed it was still mm. catholic but and it was all shot in los angeles so whoop, whoop, shout outs to los angeles um for the setting of such a witchy story um and i actually i should say before i get into some of the the things that may have happened on the set um i found out about all of this through <laughs> a facebook page that i follow and that page is called the sassy witch and I was just scrolling one day and I happened to see that they, she posted, um, you know, a whole little blurb about the craft. And I was like, Ooh, what does it say about the craft? And then it, you know, she kind of went into a very brief background of hauntings that had happened. I was like, Oh my gosh, there were hauntings on that set. And then I was like, well, that makes sense. You know, why did I never think about this before? Mm. Um, kind of obvious subject material for, hauntings or other strange occurrence, occurrences to happen, right? If you're talking about witchcraft and that was the entire plot of the movie. So yeah, it makes sense. But I had never heard about it before until, you know, a couple months ago. So I got really excited and I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to talk about this now mm-hmm. on one of the podcasts. So anyway, that's how I found out about um, all of the stuff that happened on the set of The Craft. Um, so got my notes as usual. Um, I already said, you know, I've loved the craft like many of you have since the late nineties when it came out. Um, (laughs) oddly enough for somebody like me who at that point was definitely still trying to find my way as most of us are right when we're teenagers. But, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't drawn to horror back then in any way, shape or form. In fact, I was not a horror person, but um, for whatever reason, this was one of my exception films and I did not consider it horror, even though, you know, I guess it kind of is, but um, I was like, Oh wow. It's about witchcraft. And this is really cool. These girls have magical powers and stuff. So I just thought it was very cool. And I remember showing the film to some of my friends and they were just like, what is this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, well, it's, you know, it's a film I really like. And they're just like, oh, okay. Well, that's nice, you know. But um, yeah, I really like the film. And of course, in high school, this is a true thing. I always got the Feruza Ball comparison. Because honestly, if you look at certain pictures of her and I, if we're styled you know, kind of similarly, we do look like we could be maybe doppelgangers, you know, Um, I've gotten that more than once. (laughs) And I always always got Abby from NCIS. um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) With my uh, look, which, you know, similar vibe, I guess. Yeah. A little more hot topic-y, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I could see that. (laughs) Yeah, but they, for me, it was just purely because I did all those things. I wore the baby barrettes. I had this kind of makeup look that I'm wearing right now. And some girls at my high school were definitely the opposite of that. And they're like, you look like that girl from the craft. 
So it was never <laughs> meant to be a compliment, you know. But it totally <laughs> it was, is. You know. Yeah, I always took it as one because mm -hmm. I'm me. But yeah, at that time, um, you know, it was considered definitely more outside of the box, which I guess I'm glad I could, you know, be that at that point. Because and honestly, at high school was probably the, one of the only places I could do this look because at home, this was not allowed at all. Yeah. So <laughs> I was not supposed to look this way at home. So at high school, I think I used the advantage to look this way. <laughs> so anyway, moving on. Um, so back to the strange things that happened uh, on the set of the craft. Well, for those out there who don't know, let me just give you a really, really brief, um, less than one minute plot synopsis on what happens in the craft. If you happen to have not seen that movie, and you definitely should see it if you are interested in either witchcraft, um, horror, or um, just, I don't know, awkward teenage movies, because it's, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> I still like it. I think it still holds up. Um, Anyway, so the main plot is that these are just four teenage witches who are just learning of their powers and trying to navigate the fine line between good and evil um, of their supernatural powers. And they find that, um, you know, once you open certain Pandora's boxes, they're very hard to close. So um, be careful with what you're tampering with because you may not... Um, know and you may not be equipped to handle everything so um so behind the scenes um there was a real witch uh who the production crew hired the production team hired to ensure the authenticity of the spells performed on camera and this led to um some very uncanny occurrences on the set um some actresses in the film chose to continue practicing Wicca even after the movie wrapped. And um, we can probably guess who that was. Um, Feruza was talked about heavily during the film um, yeah. as, you know, practicing Wicca, being a witch. And some people say that she became that way because of the craft. Mm. Um, I'm not sure about that. Most of this stuff is just hearsay. But um, for whatever reason, at the time, Feruza didn't even want to be um, considered, uh, even after the film was over, um, she was quoted as saying, a uh, quote, which I'll share with you later, that, um, you know, oh, you know, that was just kind of coincidental, you know. Um, so it's kind of unclear to me why she... Um, spoke out kind of against it in a way, mm -hmm. because, you know, it seems a little suspicious to me, quite honestly, <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's just one of those things um, she felt she had to do, or maybe, I'm not sure exactly. I'll get to that point later. Um, yeah. But let's see, let's get back to some of the strange stuff. Um, so yeah, she, she, you know, was known to be a practitioner um, but some of the other girls that were on the set, young ladies, I should say, at the time, um, and they were all in their early 20s, except for Rachel True, who played Rochelle. She was actually 30 by the time the film hit the theaters. So 
uh, believe it or not, <laughs> that's Hollywood for you, right? We've got yeah. older older people playing teenagers frequently. Um, but some of the others would never attempt to practice magic ever again. They got way too put off by um, the stuff that happened on the set. Um, so the director himself, his name was Andrew Fleming, um, he was quoted in 2016 as saying that there were several inexplicable phenomena for the cast and crew. Um, his, one of his quotes reads, one time we started to film outside because the forecast was good, only to be caught in a massive deluge, so a storm, and once a flock of crows just flew onto the set out of nowhere. Ugh. Now, some, yeah, some other <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some other accounts that I've read have said that uh, there was also a flock of bats. So whether it was a flock of crows, a flock of bats, doesn't exactly sound, you know, entirely positive, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, depending on <laughs> how you look at it. Um, there, it's also not called a flock when you're talking about crows. They're called a murder of crows. Oh, that, yeah. A murder. Thank you. That's like yeah. so terrifying. <laughs> I know. Yes, it is. Um, and me being in this campground and, you know, the other campgrounds and being surrounded by ravens constantly. Um, I like the ravens, but ravens are even bigger than crows. So yeah. I guess, you know, if it was only crows, they should be happy because these ravens are massive. I mean, they're the size of small animals like dogs almost um they're they're very big around here <laughs> um but that was just a touch on um you know some of the weird stuff that started happening another thing that was interesting doesn't have anything to do with any kind of haunting or anything but during the production Feruza Balk purchased an occult shop in Hollywood that was called Panpipes Magical Marketplace Mm. Um, and she bought it from a lady who had owned the shop previously. She was retiring and she wanted the shop to go on and continue, but she didn't have enough money really to keep it up. So mm. Feruza, uh thought to herself, well, I will buy it instead because I don't want it to be turned into something else. In fact, um, one quote from her says <laughs> she bought it because she didn't want it to be turned into a Chinese restaurant. Now, whether it was actually going to be turned into a Chinese restaurant or not, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's just something she said, but um, she I've bought totally, it from... Oh, oh, I was going to say, I to I've totally been there before. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's on Vine Street, if it's still there, but... Yeah, well, I don't think it is, according to what I read, because this account says that the store shut down in 2018. Oh, so wow. Mm. Yeah, maybe you had been there before then. Um, I don't know because I haven't followed up to see if it is still open, but mm -hmm. this this article was saying it was closed. Um, but uh, yeah, she was also quoted, Feruza was, as saying, I thought for the oldest occult shop in the country, that's a tragedy. Like she didn't want it to close. And I'm thinking, wow, was it the oldest occult shop in the country? Maybe it was in Hollywood. Mm. Yeah, maybe. And it's possible, right? Mm -hmm. I just never thought about that. So, um, like I said before, at the time, she denied being a practicing Wiccan. Um, 
but the director, Andrew Fleming, and uh, Robin Tooney, who played Sarah, um, basically the lead, you know, they don't call her the lead since it's an ensemble piece, but mm-hmm. she kind of is the lead of the show, right? More or less. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they both attested to Feruza's knowledge of witchcraft in different interviews that they gave. So it wasn't just gossip columnists and, you know, reporters that were putting it together. It was mm-hmm. her own cast members and her director that was saying, yes, Feruza has a lot of knowledge of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's interesting too. Um, but, um, you know, like I said, Feruza, for whatever reason, she didn't really want to be associated with, you know, being a Wiccan or practicing witchcraft or having knowledge of it even. And she was quoted as saying, um, but people, of course, were like, she bought an occult shop and she's fully into this and it's all real. That has taken on its entire own mythology. That's essentially out of my hands. You can tell the truth and talk to people. But they want to believe what they want to believe. What can you do? Mm. So I'm not sure why she protested so much over it. I'm still not sure. But, hmm, oh, well, it's one of those things. Um, And let's see. Oh, during the film, it was very likely that it was because the witch that was on set, that was the consultant, essentially, She said that there was one actress when they were filming um, the beach scenes. And on the last day of filming the beach scenes, she said that um, one actress came up to her and requested to be dedicated to the path of the goddess um, on the beach. And she said this was on the last day of shooting. So I'm thinking it was probably Feruza Balk. (laughs) That's my my best guess. Um, Even though, you know, she's never come out and said anything. But, um, you know, uh, being dedicated to the path of the goddess sounds pretty positive. It doesn't sound really malicious or anything like that. And I don't think I don't think the witch consultant would have done something that was obviously going to be harmful. So, yeah, um, just, just something out there for you guys to think about. Um, back to some one another of the strange occurrences. There was said that there was a white owl, uh, like labyrinth style, basically. That <laughs> fo- <laughs> Seriously, that followed the crew throughout the filming, the entire filming. Oh wow! And yeah, the cast claimed that a white owl had begun to appear in several filming locations. And this is a quote from Rachel True, who played Rochelle. She said, Nev Campbell pointed out the white owl that was following us around from different sets. I was like, that's weird. But I was new to California. And I was like, maybe it's just full of owls. I don't know. So I guess she didn't really think much of it. But um, still, yeah, it's pretty um, eerie, right? That there's this huge labyrinth like white owl following them around to different filming occasions uh and um the filmmakers said that they couldn't tell for sure if it was the same owl obviously but regardless um if it's if it's that noticeable and everybody's noticing it it's a little creepy i think so Mm -hmm. um (laughs) very interesting there um 
They said it was too hard to ignore the fact that this owl was following them around. So uh, you got you got me believing. Um, and this is another thing that is not, um, you know, a haunting per se either, but it's very interesting. And I didn't know this and it creeps me the F out. The crew used live creatures instead of special effects. So during the end sequence, when all the bugs are out and the rats and the snakes, those were all real. Oh, they wow. Were, yeah. They were, these were not um, special effects at all because the reason for that was they probably would have used fake um, or more special CGI. I mean, at the time it was 1990, um, you know, there wasn't that kind of level of sophistication then, mm -hmm. but also the film was on a very tight budget. So they didn't have the money to do all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. they, that's why they used the real thing. So at the end, when you see um, that cockroach, you know, crawling on Feruza Balk's face, that is actually CGI. That one is not real. Um, but the, all the rest are completely real. <laughs> um, so the director said, quote, we had 10,000 snakes. There was mm -hmm. an animal trainer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was an animal trainer. And I just said, Let's get the most bugs and snakes that you can possibly manage. So I think having seen that, you know, seen more than once, they they definitely accomplished that, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's there's tons of uh, creepy crawlies everywhere. And especially the way they shot it, um, you know, in the dark with kind of the moonlight coming in and stuff, like even creepier. Um both the cast and stunt doubles had to perform with live creatures crawling all over them. Yuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I would freak the F out. I mean, just thinking about it. And like those things on their own don't necessarily bother me. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, snakes, mm, that's one thing. I'm not really that put off by snakes. Although if they're venomous, I mean, a rattlesnake. Yeah, obviously going to be scary um but the rats and the roaches oh my god yeah like ew no no just no i mean imagine being in that room and having to do that scene with <laughs> i feel like that would be worse than the birds with tippy hedron in oh Bobby yeah <laughs> maybe not maybe not worse because that was horrifying on its own from what i understand mm -hmm. and Hitchcock also used real live birds during that sequence, but you know, rats and roaches. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't. Um, so let's see. Uh, I told you that, yes, the consultant that was hired on to, um, to consult on, you know, all, all things, which and authentic, um, she was, uh, known as a, Dianic, elder priestess and member of Coven Ashesh, and her name was Pat Devon. She um, made suggestions for ritual scenes. She advised on the elemental powers of each character, and she also wrote the chants spoken in the film. Oh, um, wow. So those, yeah, those are not actual chants. Um, <clears throat> she also coached the cast on um, how to do the chants 
for authenticity purposes. So mm -hmm. they really took this very seriously, um, looking at all of this information. I think it's great, honestly, um, because the consultant, you know, she um, she kind of had enough like forethought to be like, okay, well, there's some kids that are going to try this at home type of thing, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So she was like, you know what? I want to make sure that no one is going to be fucking around with these spells and causing harm. So mm -hmm. that's why she made them up. Um, so pretty genius, actually. Um, because, yeah, obviously there were probably more than one person out there that, you know, was like, oh, I'm going to try this, you know? Um, let's see. Also, Andrew Fleming was the director was quoted as saying, one day Pat came up to me and said she'd written a spell to make us number one at the box office. It worked. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so nice. there you go. There's an everyday spell uh, for success that obviously worked. Um, and that leads us to the deity in the film. If you remember, uh, he was called Manon. Um, and he was created just for the film. I didn't know that before. Um, like I said, Pat Devin didn't want people to try to summon a real life deity. So Manon was created. Um, and Manon, the idea actually came from the film Manon of the Spring, which that film was also um, basically fabricated. So it's a, mm. a deity from a fabrication of a fabrication. So, um, yeah, so no man in, I guess is, does not exist out there, but still, I still probably wouldn't try it at home yeah. if I were you. <laughs> you, you never did the light as a feather, thick as a board at your sleepover. Oh, yeah. oh sure. But I mean, <laughs> like I did that like pre-craft, like when, like when I was probably in junior high or something like that, you know? Um, yeah. So, no, after the film, though, no, I never did. I just liked watching it. I think I maybe thought, well, no one else is going to want to try this stuff with me. So <laughs> I'll just <laughs> keep it to myself, you know. Um, but, yeah, there was also, uh, like I was talking about the beach scene before, the filming on the beach was really disastrous, according to the director and the casting crew. Um, remember where all the sharks um, are, you know, washed up on the beach and stuff yeah. like that at the end. Um, and even before that. Um, so they shot those scenes. Like I told you, they were on a tight budget. They shot them on a real beach. Um, they actually shot them on Leo uh, Carrillo Beach here in Southern California. Um, I haven't been there yet, but they said they chose that beach for they just liked the way it looked um, production wise. Um, I guess it was the best one for them. So anyway, because it was on a real beach, the tides were a deciding factor in how they were going to film because the tides ebb and flow. So the filmmakers timed out natural, uh, the natural tide schedule, but the sea still rose during a take and, mm -hmm. quote, washed away the whole set during one of their takes. Oh, <laughs> so. Yeah, they did not have any kind of um, good luck or energy on their side when it came to certain things. And then um, for the scene when Nancy calls for Manon to fill her, if you remember that one, it's pretty, 
intensely dramatic. Um, mm -hmm. So lightning was supposed to strike her, but instead the crew suddenly, and with no explanation, lost all power at that oh, moment. Wow. Yeah. So again, very creepy. So Manon's not real. Okay. But something else is real. Something else happened. So mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure what happened, but um, and then getting back into some of the characters, um, we were talking about Nancy, obvious, you know, cool, bad girl that's obviously very evil and deeply disturbed. Um, then Sarah is kind of more innocent, doesn't really know her powers. Um, Rochelle uh, was the victim of a lot of bullying and just learning how to use her powers. But then there was Bonnie and Bonnie was played by Nev Campbell and Bonnie was the one who had the scars on her back um, that she was, you know, really uh, embarrassed by. So I found out through this research though, that something interesting I didn't know that Bonnie was actually considered the dream role. Did you know that actually Angelina Jolie was, uh, had auditioned for this role? Oh, wow. And, I could see yeah. her in the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would be, you know, maybe it would have been even more of a hit, um, even though she was still super young at that time. But that was right mm. around the same time, like with Girl Interrupted and, yeah. you know, some of her other roles that were up and coming. But um, so, yeah, Angelina Jolie, also Alicia Silverstone. We were just talking about Cher. Mm. Yeah, um, I can't, I can't, can't really see that one. <laughs> to yeah, be quite honest. Um, but then also, um, Scarlett Johansson, she might have made an interesting choice as yeah. well. Um, but Nev Campbell from Party of Five at the time was, you know, what I remember watching her on, uh, growing up as a teenager. She just had the best audition, so she nailed the role. Um, and even Robin Tooney the actress who was playing Sarah, she wanted to play Bonnie and mm. she almost quit, but her manager convinced her to um, keep the role of Sarah wisely. So, um, and yes, as you said before, uh, Robin Tooney had also starred in Empire Records and she was actually coming off of that movie when she went to film The Craft. So this was something I didn't even think about. She's wearing a wig the entire movie. Oh. Because her, yeah, yeah, because her head was still shaved. So if her hair looks a little too strangely perfect, that's why. Um, yeah, I always felt like she looked very put together uh, mm -hmm. on. And it was crazy because I saw the craft first and then I saw Empire Records and I was like, that's the chick who's like the uptight, put together, <laughs> goody two shoes from the craft. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was pretty crazy to see her be pretty much the opposite, you know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. it's just so funny because they quoted her as saying um, that she had to get to set a couple hours early each day so that they could, you know, uh, get her hair matted down and fit her for the wig. And she's like, and the wig to me always looked awful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she, she said that... um you know, in every scene that she saw herself during the movie, she's like cringing because she's like, oh, God, it's the wig. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just funny to imagine her with her bald head under there. Or maybe not bald, but like growing back, you know, yeah. at least. 
So, yeah, but it's true. Like, she obviously wouldn't have been able to um, continue on with the role if if she didn't have kind of that, you know, normal looking um, hair. So mm -hmm. even though it's not normal. So now if you go back and rewatch it, everyone be looking really hard at her hairline and you'll probably be able to see the wig. Yeah. <laughs> <Lines>. um. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on from that, I already did mention that um, the actors were, you know, in their early 20s and Rachel True was the oldest of them. She was 30 by the time the film hit the theaters. Mm. Um, and it's actually very interesting. Again, this doesn't have, I feel like this story for me started out as being really intrigued by all the strange things that happened on the set, but also finding out this um, <clears throat> kind of behind the scenes stuff that is actually very like real life troubling too was very interesting as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so maybe, you know, many people out there don't know this about um, about the craft. I didn't know this, but uh, the character of Rochelle got rewritten, actually. Um, it was originally written for a white actress to play. And in the storyline of the craft, um, that character Rochelle was supposed to have bulimia as mm. uh, a problem of hers. Um, but because they cast Rachel True in the role, um, it got rewritten to better reflect Rachel True's biracial background. And um, I just thought that was very interesting. But it gets, you know, definitely more problematic from here on out with regard to that. Because um, after the film wrapped, Rachel True said, uh, in interviews, various interviews, she wasn't invited to attend press events or mm. pop culture conventions uh, after the film was released. Uh, she was quoted as saying, it just seemed a little racist back then, to be honest, that you have four girls in a movie and you don't include the Black one. I did end up going on one junket because one of the other actors called the producer and said, what's happening there? Will you please include her? So they did. So, you know, that's just totally messed up, right? Yeah. I mean, what the hell is that? And I had no idea that that was even something that had happened within the film. Yeah. I mean, she's a major part of the story. She's one of the four ladies. And how could you not include not only in the press junkets, but you're not going to include her at pop, pop culture conventions. Like, mm -hmm. that, that's just horrible. I mean, you know, like you and I were talking about, um, we wanted to be Nancy. We thought Nancy was cool. Um, yeah. You know, someone out there was like, I want to be like Rochelle. So, you know, the fact that <laughs> she wasn't even allowed to represent herself as a character, that's just... That's terrible. So, yeah. sorry, Rachel True, wherever you are. That's that's just horrible. Um, but I did think it was, you know, it was very cool that the um, director and the writers, everyone who was in charge of putting the, the story together, that they did rewrite the character just for her. So that part is cool. But the rest of it, no. Yeah. <laughs> 
not not so much. Um, and if you'll remember too, that movie's got a great cameo. I mean, it's a it's more than a cameo. It's a small um, smaller role. But if you'll remember, what's her name? She was married to uh, Ben Affleck at one. Oh, Christine Taylor. Ben Stiller. Um, yeah, Ben Stiller. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she she played Marsha in yes. the Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what she's most famous for, I think, um, comedically. Um, but a very funny comedic actress. And but yeah, on on um if you go back and watch the craft um and watch those scenes between her and, and Rochelle, yeah, they're horrible. You know, she's yeah. just totally making fun of her and and um then of course she gets you know, her revenge when uh, Rochelle casts a spell on her and then her hair starts to fall out and, mm -hmm. um, but then she feels bad about it. So um, it just kind of goes to show you just bullying sucks. Don't bully somebody else. Don't, mm -hmm. <laughs> don't pick on somebody else. But, you know, high school seems to be the perfect time for those kind of things to happen. So I, I think the movie is great just for that alone, that it showcases those type of things that happen. Um, and, you know, they really get under your skin, no pun intended. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, anyway. Um, it's interesting, too, another little factoid that um, if you're familiar with the show Charms out there, which if you're familiar with the craft, you're probably familiar with Charms which was the TV show that came um, a couple years after The Craft, um, kind of started the whole witch pop culture TV thing, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So, and I didn't know that Charmed, um, they didn't really care too much about distancing themselves at all from the movie The Craft because they directly took and used the cover of the Smith song, um, how soon is now? Which, by the way, I listened to on repeat when I was doing my makeup just to mm. <laughs> get myself into the mood. Such a great song, but they didn't use the actual Smiths song in the movie. They used a cover of it by a band called um, Love Spit Love, and so that was first recorded for the craft. But then they wound up using it as the theme song in for Charmed as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that was cool. I didn't know that. I didn't really watch Charmed, to be honest. Um, yeah, I've yeah. never really watched it, so. Yeah, no, I, w I just wasn't into it, and I think I might have watched bits of an episode, but also, too, it was on when, uh, primarily when I was going to college, and I think I was focused on watching other stuff than not that show. I don't know why, but um, yeah, but the craft I will watch all day, every day. Um, <laughs> it's also interesting that Nev Campbell, uh, I found out, almost didn't star in Scream because she was afraid of being typecast into this kind of horror genre role. Mm. Um, but it was Skeet Ulrich who played um, Chris in the film, The Craft, the guy that... Mm. Um, that uh, Robin Tooney's character was in love with, a jock type of guy, I guess you could say. Um, mm -hmm. And so we know if you watch Scream, he also plays Nev Campbell's love interest in Scream. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know if he was the one who kind of convinced her to 
be a part of Scream, but obviously Scream was a great franchise for her. She was in oh, yeah. all of those, yeah, all of those movies. So she definitely made the right choice with regard yeah. to being in the Scream movies. But it's funny to think that because she was in the craft, she had a moment where she thought, oh, should I do this, you know, other horror movie? I don't know if this is going to work out for me, but um, we're glad that she did go on to do it. Um, and kind of one final thought I have about um, all of this stuff that I've been talking about. I found out that the film was supposed to be rated PG-13, but it was given the dreaded R rating. And that was only for one reason. And that reason was due to the censors that were stating that any film focusing on witchcraft is automatically given an R. Can you oh. believe it? <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if that's still true yeah. nowadays. Um, I mean, I can think of several movies that would not deserve the R rating that have to do with witches and witchcraft. You yeah. Know? Exactly. I mean, should the craft have been rated R? I mean, no, I don't think so, right? I mean, looking mm. looking back at it, um, was there anything really that was R-rated about it? I don't think uh, so. I mean, not really. It's very dark, but yeah. no, not really. Yeah. No, that's that's about it. That's yeah. why I was that's why I was thinking, well, gee, if that was the only reason they had those damn censors for giving it yeah. an R rating, that's just so prejudiced, biased, and all the rest. So um, I mean, not that I <laughs> Not that I really think heavily about film ratings, but I just mm. I thought that that was like one of my final thoughts. I was like, really? That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? So just one of those things. But um, yeah, totally filmed on location in Los Angeles. And so just to know that all of those crazy, spooky, weird things were happening here. Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I can go go visit some of those locations and see if some of the vibes check out. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's totally cool. Now I'm more interested to find out about, you know, if I can find out any more background about the occult shop. And you said you had been there. That's really cool. Mm. Um, I never knew it existed, to be honest. Um, so I'm just finding that out. But Yeah. Well, but, uh, I, yeah. I went to school, like, right up the street at AMDA, and so, like, I was oh, up and down Vine yeah. Street constantly, because okay. I could really only yeah. go walking distance of my school, so, uh -oh. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's yeah. cool, yeah. Yeah, so, um, that is, and there's, there's also some, like, the Sassy Witch, uh, you know, the original source that I kind of pulled this all from, because mm -hmm. all of my other source, source materials just straight from the internet, um, from Ranker.com was where, where I found out a lot of information. Mm. And also with Wikipedia, of course. Um, but yeah, on the Sassy Witch, she was saying that there was even more weird things that happened that weren't talked about very much, like um, people, certain people disappearing, perhaps. Mm. Um, mm. And that none of that has been verified. Um, but, you know, they're kind of just things that people still talk about now and then um but yeah i just i didn't know anything like this had happened on this set um and then you know what's even weirder is that um 
uh, for the remake film, which I don't know if you saw that. I didn't see it. I uh, legacy. heard of it, but I have not. Yeah, I wasn't it. interested, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I was just like, you know what? Oh, it's another remake. And why do you need to remake this film? It was already so good in my, yeah. you know? So I was like, no, I'm not interested in watching that. Um, but I did see some source material on the net saying that they also had hauntings and strange occurrences on their own set. Um, mm -hmm. So it seems like the overall idea, um, much like other big name films like The Exorcist, um, even American Horror Story was quoted. Yeah. Um, anytime you're dabbling in, you know, the occult, I guess, if you will, or uh, talking about things that maybe you don't know that much about, you got to be careful, right? Yeah. <laughs> because you never know what's going to happen. Um, I even felt that way, Tia, just a tiny bit, like not a whole lot, but when we were doing our immersive with the uh, the possession. Uh, oh, yeah. At the... <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. didn't that place, that place eventually wound up burning down, right? Yes, Strangely. yeah. So, um, okay. <laughs> those people who don't know, we put together an immersive event or immersive show mm -hmm. at uh escape house yes. that was quote unquote haunted um yeah but it was formerly an actual house mm -hmm. um and yeah we had a lot of um demonic themes uh mm -hmm. in and you know i was there at like <laughs> two in the morning painting pentagrams and glow paint on the walls <laughs> you know and i i had a couple times where i was like by myself in there that i was like very uncomfortable you know, yeah. while I was I got some, in the setup. Yeah. But I got some definite vibes. I yeah. I felt I felt a little spooked more than once. And I tried not to stay in that place because obviously if you start dwelling on it, that's not gonna be yeah. good. But um yeah. it definitely helped add to the mood, I think, of the whole show. So Well, you know, um, we there you was know that... we did a, a ghost hunt there like a few weeks prior to us putting on that show. Um Oh, we, oh, for Hollywood's Haunted? Or? Yeah, uh, we had Linda the Ghost Hunter oh. there with her. Oh, right. Her, okay, um, yeah, I remember her. What is it called? Where they uh, do the motion capture of the ghost. What is it called? Oh. No, I should know this. Yeah. But where you get the little stick figures. And she totally saw a stick figure on, on the couch there. And there's supposedly oh, a. Oh, really? A, ghost of a little girl and I didn't even think about that until like right now that like the <laughs> ghost of the little girl was like a big theme for mm -hmm. uh for our immersive for the like, story yeah for the story yeah. that you know Stephanie's <laughs> character was like ghost uh basically who was the narrator and the host of the the show and that's true I didn't yeah. even think about that I don't even know if we did that on purpose <laughs> I can't even mm, remember, she, but yeah, she could have influenced you. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? We definitely were, you know, dabbling in things we probably shouldn't have been messing with. You know, as we do <laughs> a lot. You know, would not be the first yeah. time. Um, nah, I don't yeah. think we took it too far though. I just remember there was one night with the uh, the moth. It was some kind of weird looking moth. 
that was um, there. I don't know. Do you remember that? Remember mm, hearing mm -mm. about the moth? Okay. Patrick might remember, but there's this gigantic creepy moth and it just was, that was kind of like the owl like thing. Mm. Like it was, it was following us around type of thing. It was in the room and it just gave off the creepiest fucking vibes. Like, no, <laughs> I felt like nobody ever saw this type of moth before. So um, yeah. it was strange. And then to know after, like way after we finished that the whole place wound up burning down, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. So, Basically, for those who don't know what happened, um, after we put on the show because the, the escape room was going out of business, and we just put it on, you know, in the, in the space. I don't even know if we had permission to do it, but Pat worked there. So we just, we put a play on and we yeah. charged admission and we did it. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, after we did that immersive, the place was abandoned for weeks and weeks. And, like, uh, of course, you know, a person, a houseless person moved in, made it mm -hmm. their own. And, uh, yeah, the place burned down to the ground um you know wow. that <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely like some spooky stuff going on with that show because you remember that like the kneeler the prayer kneeler thing that we had like mm -hmm. it's one of those things that you kneel on to like pray yeah, yeah. Uh, uh where we, was what room was that in though that was in the last room with okay. micah and you know, the okay. exorcism room where they were actually performing oh, right. exorcism. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like a week before the show, when we're already like planning the show and having rehearsals, um, like a week before it, that kneeler thing just showed up by our dumpster in our apartment complex. What? And That's so weird. we just, you know, we were like, that is perfect. We need that for our set. So we just cleaned it up and took it, you know. Mm. Uh, it was just so bizarre that that would be in our apartment complex by the trash can, you know, and it's pretty you know, we did live in a neighborhood that was pre predominantly uh, Hispanic and predominantly Catholic, you know, at the time. Yeah. You know, so like we didn't think too much of it, but like now thinking yeah. back on it, it's like that's a, but that's a weird thing to just find next to your. Yeah. Like, dumpster like nowhere near a church we weren't like right. it wasn't like in the dumpster of a church I could imagine or right. ending up right. at like a thrift store you know but mm -hmm. yeah anyways yeah that was some spooky <laughs> stuff definitely there, you know yeah definitely well that just made me think of you know some of this weird stuff on the craft so yeah I, I think yeah like I said you just never know so be careful if you are really um, going to make a movie or a play about witchcraft. Hmm. Make sure you hire a consultant because it seems like if they didn't have the consultants, things would have got even worse. I mean, mm, look, look, yeah. look how it was with you know them having the consultant. These, these strange things happened anyway. So, um, yeah, I mean, the owl—that's not really that bad but it is creepy but mm -hmm. you know like losing power and you know maybe people potentially disappearing um you know other kind of random stuff that happened like the the crow the murder of crows showing up so all <laughs> <Yeah>. very strange 
So yeah, um, that is uh, some of the stuff that happened on the 1996 set of the movie The Craft. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, of course. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm excited what surprises you'll have for me next time. Uh, yes. You know, I'm glad I kind of, I feel like I did kind of dress appropriately, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you for this. <laughs> Yeah, you know, definitely yeah. tank top over t-shirt is a 90s thing. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, so, uh, for my listeners, uh, please like and share this. Uh, tell your friends. You got spooky friends. You got relatives oh, yeah. who uh, want to hear us ramble on about random weird stuff. <laughs> so uh, please, you can find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all of them. Um, please uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you are stalking me, then you could probably find my personal Facebook or my personal <laughs> Instagram uh, as well. And whatever. Uh, it's going to happen. And uh, yeah, I've been making some TikToks recently as well. So you can probably find those at my weird little podcast. But uh, thank you, Teresa, for your wonderful yeah. facts today. And uh, I hope you all stay spooky. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh.